<sighs> okay, here we go. There are many excuses, and I do mean many excuses, that our brains come up with to justify not moving our body more. But in this episode, I am going to tackle the most common excuses for avoiding exercise and give my best rebuttal for each. And you know what? Then you can try using these rebuttals on your less active friends or, yeah, maybe even on yourself when your inner lazy bones tries to fool you into hitting the couch instead of hitting the bricks. My name is Brock Armstrong. Welcome to Second Wind Fitness. But before we get started, as you've probably noticed, this podcast is no longer in production, but there are so many people who are still listening to each episode and reaching out to me for advice and help and support that I've decided to keep the dream and this podcast alive, which means I'm paying a few maintenance fees out of my pocket. And I don't mean to make this sound like a woe is me kind of affair, because it is indeed a pleasure to have created something that is being appreciated. But if you felt so inclined, you could go to brockarmstrong.com slash coffee to, yes, as it sounds, buy me a virtual coffee. And since coffee is easily my biggest vice, I'm what you would call a coffee snob, if you buy me a coffee, I can pay my hosting fees with all the coffee money that I save. So win-win situation here. So go to brockarmstrong.com slash coffee and help keep this podcast and my fancy coffee habit alive. That's brockarmstrong.com slash coffee. You know, this has been happening for years when I meet people for the very first time and I answer that old question of what do you do for a living? And I answer with I'm a health and fitness coach. Well, people often get a kind of panicked look in their eye and then they blurt out something like, oh, you know what? I'd love to run more, but I've got bad knees or I used to belong to a gym, but then, well, COVID. It's as if they think that I'm silently judging them, which I am not. Absolutely, I'm not that kind of guy. Or maybe they think I'm going to launch into a sales pitch and try to get them to hire me and they need to stop me before I pull out my business cards. But whatever their motivation is, they all seem to have an excuse. And some of them have more than one excuse. So, to put all of my logical rebuttals in one location for posterity and for my own future reference... I'm going to go through my list of my, I'm going to say, favorite excuses not to exercise and my response to each. And perhaps, again, you can use these on your friends or your family or on yourself. So here we go. I was going to do 10, but I have a bonus one. So it's actually 11 excuses that people use not to move. So the list is, I'm too busy. It's too expensive. I'm too tired. It hurts. I move enough already, I already did my 10,000 steps, I don't enjoy exercising, I'm too old, I have a bad back or bad knees, I'm too fat, or I'm already skinny. So that's the list, but let's go through each one of those a little bit closer. So let's start with number one, I am too busy. And yeah, I get it. We're all busy. I mean, we all have way too much on our plate at any given time. And I see that in a lot of circles that it's somehow a badge of honor to be too busy to even sleep or make meals. 
I mean, you know, I don't pretend to be the busiest person in the world, but even I've used this excuse from time to time. But you know what? I bet if you were to track down how you use every minute of your day, you could easily find a spare 10 or 15 minutes or probably more. I mean, if we have time to check our phone every six minutes, surely we can get up and break a sweat occasionally. And there are studies out there that show that we do indeed check our smartphones 105 times per day. And Apple recently confirmed this. This isn't just some study from Harvard or something. They actually have the data from people turning on their phones, not reported by them, but actually see the data that users are unlocking their phones an average of 80 times per day. So if we have time to check our phones every six minutes of our waking hours, surely we can get up and break a sweat occasionally too, right? right? (laughs) And when you say that you're too busy to move those limbs of yours, you really are saying, I don't prioritize my physical health. Okay, on to number two. It's too expensive. So yeah, if you're someone who still thinks that the only way to get fit is to join an expensive gym or buy a bunch of fancy equipment or hire a personal trainer, then yeah, I gotta say it, you haven't been paying attention. Perhaps you need to go back and listen to some old episodes of this podcast. Just saying, I mean, there are 42 of them. Now, way back when I was a poor, I'm not going to say starving because that's not quite true, but I was very poor when I was a musician, I used to go for a run in some old flat old worn out Chuck Taylors I picked up at a garage sale, a pair of Bermuda shorts that I'm pretty sure my mom bought me, and any old ratty t-shirt that I found in a laundry pile. My own laundry pile, that is, not somebody else's. You know, it wasn't pretty, but I got the job done for close to free. And if you're looking for some exercise routines that you can do at home in whatever, then look no further than my own YouTube channel. That's at brockarmstrong.com YouTube. Or of course, you can find all kinds of other home workouts on YouTube. And remember, you know what? You can always just go for a walk. And that's as free as you can get. So on to number three, I'm too tired. It's like the old saying, you have to spend money to make money. Well, having the energy to work out can be viewed in exactly the same way. You have to use energy to make energy. And there are two benefits that exercise can bestow on your energy level. Exercise boosts your body's fitness level, and it also boosts your mood, both of which contribute to your overall boost in energy levels. You know, there was a study done at the University of Georgia where researchers looked at whether exercise can be used to treat fatigue. They had 36 volunteers, all of whom were not regular exercisers, and complained of persistent fatigue. Then they got them to perform either 20 minutes of moderate-intensity aerobic exercise or low-intensity aerobic exercise three times a week for six weeks. Then there was also a third control group that didn't get to exercise at all. Then, in the end, both of the exercise groups had a, get this, 65% increase in energy levels compared to that control group that just sat around. Did you notice something there? There wasn't a high-intensity group included in here. It was just moderate-intensity or low-intensity. You don't have to go out and bust a gut, as my coach used to say, to get this benefit. 
Once again, going for a brisk walk could be all it takes. Now, on to number four. I'm in pain. Okay, you know what? This excuse does have some merit if you're injured or if you're dealing with some chronic pain of some type. There are indeed some pains that you don't want to, as they say, push through. This coach does not believe in no pain, no gain, but most injuries can actually be managed appropriately with some workout modifications, some specific movement adaptations, or by simply choosing a different mode of exercise than the one that makes your injured limb hurt more. Now, if you're dealing with chronic pain, you may also want to consider the possibility that your current inactive lifestyle is the main thing that is actually contributing to or perhaps even causing that chronic pain. In fact, a 2008 scientific study showed that in individuals who exercised more than three times per week, chronic musculoskeletal pain was 28% less common compared to inactive individuals. Now, you do have to be choosy with how you move if you have chronic pains, and that may mean working with a health professional, a physiotherapist, or a sport doc to establish some appropriate moves for you in your current state. But you don't have to do this forever. You just have to do this for a short time, and once you have a decent understanding of your body's limitations and what it needs, well, you can go off on your own. But don't let it hold you back. Now I've got a few more excuses to tackle, but first we need to pay our membership fees. Do you like to shop on Amazon.com and enjoy supporting this podcast? You do? Well, have I got a deal for you. If you start your Amazon shopping adventure by going to brockarmstrong.com Amazon, I will get a small percentage of the money that you spend. And the best part is that you don't pay anything extra. This all comes out of their pockets. Take that, Bezos. So next time you buy anything on Amazon, go to brockarmstrong.com Amazon and shop while also supporting this podcast. I truly thank you for being a listener and for your support. That's brockarmstrong.com Amazon. Okay, number five, I move enough already. You know, this was my excuse for a while too. I used to work in this old building that had many floors, very few washrooms, and only one extremely slow and annoying elevator. And I always like to keep myself well hydrated, and I do drink a number of cups of coffee per day, so you can probably see where I'm going with this. <laughs> well, you know, I also hear this excuse from new parents and people who work in the service industry. And don't get me wrong, if you have an active job or an active lifestyle that keeps you on your feet, then you're doing better than a lot of us out there. Congrats. But there is still something mentally and emotionally rewarding about focusing on your own body through your own dedicated workout and not simply getting some movement as a byproduct of having hyper kids or a slave driver boss or having to take four flights of stairs every time you have to pee. Don't miss out on the mood boosting and mindset shifting magic of doing some dedicated movement that is just for you. And that brings me to number six, which is I already did my 10,000 steps. <laughs> You've probably heard me say this before, but I am not a fan of the 10,000 steps craze. 
First of all, there is nothing magic about the number 10,000, except that it kinda maybe almost roughly approximates 150 minutes of physical activity per week. You know that number that your doctor keeps hounding you about? And second, having that finite 10,000 step goal, well, that gives us a reason to check exercise off our to-do list and then go and hit the couch. Even if we still have a spring in our step and a smile on our face, we think we're done because we've hit that weird number. But okay, if a step counter helps you stay motivated or it leads you to be more consistent with your movement practice, well, that is absolutely great. But don't let some arbitrary number that was incidentally chosen by a marketing firm, not an exercise physiologist, limit you in any way. If you've been taking 6,000 steps per day for a while now, it might be time to increase your step target. And incidentally, increasing by 10% each week is a pretty decent goal. Probably won't get injured that way, but you'll still get an increase every once in a while. Or you know what? Better yet, you can look for other ways to be a mobile citizen. And on to number seven. I don't enjoy exercising. You know, at the heart of so many excuses is the opinion exercise isn't fun. Exercise is boring. It's uncomfortable. It feels like punishment. And do you know what I say to that? Are you sure you've tried all exercising? It's all not fun. And yeah, to that punishment thing, I think a lot of us had exercise and movement kind of ruined for us in grade school when we were actually forced to run laps because we weren't performing right, or our punishment was to drop and do 20 push-ups or something. That's I. We got to do something about that, folks. Gym class should be fun, not some sort of embarrassing punishment. But anyway, that's a whole other episode unto itself. Now back to the exercise isn't fun conundrum. Now, believe me, I tried a variety of activities and sports before I found some activities that really fit for me too. It took me a number of test runs to figure it out and like an ever-moving target, that keeps changing. Now for a while, I loved running. Then I rediscovered playing ice hockey. Then I did nothing but triathlon. Then you couldn't keep me out of the pool. Then I tried some obstacle course racing, and now I'm actually pretty addicted to lifting heavy stuff and going for really long walks. On the beach, at sunset, perhaps? Anyone want to join me? But all the while I was doing all of that stuff, I also stood at my desk while I was working. I walked or rode my bike to work, and I carried my groceries in a backpack. There are so many options to choose from. Don't let some grade school gym teacher ruin it for you or some preconceived notions of how boring it is to pump iron or how strange you'll feel taking some yoga class. Don't let that stop you from digging into an evening frisbee game or a lunch hour jazzercise class or an evening pickleball group. Or maybe you can try some parkour or aerial yoga, gardening, booty ballet. (laughs) You could volunteer to babysit your friend's nine-year-old or their puppy. You could learn to juggle. You could try urban hiking. You you could do speed errands or golf or play some good old dance dance revolution old styles (laughs) video game. The list is literally, not figuratively, endless. Now on to excuse number eight, I'm too old. You know, studies have shown many, many times that no one is too old to exercise. 
Depending on your age, your mobility, and your health, you may want to consult an expert before you sign up for something called Body Blast or Slam Fit. But as we just covered, there are so many forms of exercise to choose from, ranging from low impact to high intensity to mobility to balance, all the way to strength training. It's tons of stuff. There are even classes that are specifically designed for kids or seniors that you can enroll in and get some expert help and some expert guidance. A great place to start for classes that fit your age and ability is your local YMCA or your city-run fitness centers. So many of my previous guests on this podcast have said the same thing. No matter who you are, just do something. Something is always better than nothing, so don't let your age hold you back. And excuse number nine is, I have a bad back or bad knees. Now, this is a tricky one and a subject that can be very tender for some people. But you know what? Unless your doctor actually tells you to lay in bed, which I haven't actually heard since the 1990s, then engaging in some activity is very often the best way to keep your back or your knees limber and strong and pain-free. In fact, Dr. Ulrich, an orthopedic spine surgeon and medical director of Spine Health, says, and I quote, bed rest for more than a day or two can actually undermine healing. And that's in reference to some pretty extreme spinal cases. Now, when it's done correctly, exercise for relieving back and knee pain can actually strengthen the muscles that support the painful area. It can alleviate stiffness and improve mobility. It can improve circulation to the area. It can release endorphins, which naturally relieve pain. And it can minimize the frequency of painful episodes. And knee pain is the same. Dr. Laura Elson, an instructor in physical medicine and rehabilitation at Harvard Medical School, says exercise is one of the most important things you can do for knee pain. The right combination of strengthening and stretching exercises can relieve pain by helping to improve the way the joints move and function. And on to number 10, I'm too fat. Yes, I get it. A study back in 2000 sought to pinpoint perceptions of being too fat as a barrier to physical activity, and it categorized results by gender and body mass index. 2,298 average Australians were surveyed, and researchers found that 4.4% of respondents reported that being too fat was a barrier to physical activity. This was more common among women and more common among the obese. In fact, a lot more common among the obese, 22.6%. So and I bring up the study, not to bum you out, but to reassure you that you are not alone. But I'm also here to tell you that no matter what number you see on the scale, you can do something today to begin the process of improving your physical health. Please, don't fall into the trap of believing that exercise may be dangerous for you because you think that it has to hurt and make you sweaty and out of breath to be effective. Beginning an exercise program is often a matter of simply, <laughs> say it with me, moving more of your body more often in more and more interesting ways. It doesn't need to be a difficult class in the gym or an excessive amount of time spent lifting weights. Start small and work your way up to more intensity and volume in an activity only when you are ready to do so, 
mentally and physically. And remember that changing your diet is how you lose body fat effectively and sustainably, but moving your body more is how you change the shape of your body and make it strong and capable. Which leads me nicely to number 11, which is I'm already skinny. Okay, folks, as a general rule, going forward, for the rest of time, we really have to stop confusing and conflating and melding exercise into one lump with weight loss. They are not intrinsically linked. There are so many health and wellness benefits we get from exercising, and assisting in weight loss is only one. And honestly, it's probably the smallest one as well. And I, I don't say that to diminish its value, but I do mean to temper your expectations. Most weight loss experts, myself included, will tell you that results are 80% from diet and only 20% from exercise. And yes, lean mass is usually associated with better health, but it is not an indicator of your organ health, your lipid levels, or your insulin sensitivity. So just being quote-unquote skinny doesn't mean you're quote-unquote healthy. Now, exercising is not just a means to keep your weight down. So let's remember to draw that clear distinction between weight loss and fitness. Both are valuable and both work well together, but they are in fact different and beneficial in their own right. So, all right, the body is a complex thing, and a lot, and I do mean a lot, of stuff happens inside your body when you exercise. So let's look at some of them. Let's start with the changes in your muscles. Your muscles use glucose and a thing called ATP, which is uh, adenosine triphosphate, and they use that to contract and move the muscles. To create more ATP, your body needs to grab more oxygen, so your breathing increases and your heart starts to pump more blood to those muscles. Then, as you work out, tiny tears in your muscles occur and make them grow bigger and stronger as those tiny tears heal between exercise sessions. And there are also changes in your lungs as your muscles call for all that extra oxygen and your breathing rate increases. Once the muscles surrounding your lungs can't move any faster, you've reached what's called VO2 max, which is your maximum capacity for oxygen use, and in a nutshell, the higher your VO2 max, the more badass you are. In fact, a high VO2 max is one of the things that Lance Armstrong, no relation, was known for before he got known for, well, that other thing. Then, there are also changes in your heart. Your heart rate naturally increases with increased effort, so it can supply more oxygenated blood to your muscles. The fitter you are, the more efficient your heart can pump, volume and frequency, which allows you to go harder and go longer. And with a little side benefit, your blood pressure will decrease as a result of this efficiency and some new blood vessels forming as well. Then, there is some fun stuff that happens in your brain as well. We know that being sedentary all day is as dangerous to your mobility as it is to your mind. A number of very cool neurotransmitters are also triggered. Endorphins, serotonin, dopamine, glutamate, and GABA. You may recognize these names because some of them are well known for their role in mood control, and they also explain why exercise can be one of the most effective preventions and treatments from sleep disorders, anxiety, and depression. 
There's also some changes that happen in your joints, and your bones, since exercise, can place as much as six times your body weight on them. In a vast oversimplification, when you are young, your bones are dense, but actually somewhat porous and soft. And as you age, your bones can easily become less dense and more brittle, especially if you remain or you become inactive. One of the key health benefits of exercise for many people is how it helps normalize glucose, insulin, and leptin levels by optimizing the insulin-leptin receptor sensitivity. This is perhaps the most important factor for optimizing your overall health and preventing a plethora of chronic diseases. So, okay, while we all know that staying physically active is essential to a long, healthy, productive life, we often still don't make time for it, or we actively find excuses to avoid it. And I think that's because we don't understand exactly what's happening behind the scenes, and it's easier to skip over something that you don't really grasp. Hopefully, this long list of excuses that I just went through and my rebuttals for each gives you a better understanding of the whys, the hows, and even the whens of exercise that will serve as motivation when you find yourself about to say, well, I would go for a swim, but I don't like the marks my goggles leave on my face, or I would ride my bike, but the road is wet and I'll get dirty. Well, you know what? I, for one, wear those raccoon eyes and that skunk stripe up my back like a badge of honor. And hopefully you can too. My name is Brock Armstrong. Thanks for listening to this episode of Second Wind Fitness.